Well, good afternoon, folks. My name is Sean McCabe, and welcome to Drag Racing Talk. This is a show where uh, I get to uh, introduce different drag racers uh, from local areas, being West Australia, around Australia, and speak to them and basically get a little bit of info on themselves and how their, their racing's going. You know, like, for instance, what got them into racing, what drives them to race, and what their future plans are. And uh, I'm very lucky enough to be joined by Ian Reid. Ian Reid from Modified Bike. Good afternoon, Ian. How are you today? Good afternoon, Sean. Thank you very much for the invite and um, enjoying, uh, yes, the Christmas break at the moment. Yes, absolutely. And it's been a pretty full-on Christmas break too, Ian, as uh, I think we all know. It's been a little bit of a uh, rest period for the drag racing. Our last outing, of course, was uh, just uh, not too far ago in the Blown Alcohol All-Stars. And uh, a little bit of a break during the Christmas period where uh, pretty much Speedway took over there, at um, obviously at the Perth Motorplex. And we start back on the 7th of uh, January with uh, the pretty amazing uh, Night of Fire, Ian. And I, I really that currently, as far as the um, drag racing season goes for Modified Bike, if I'm not mistaken, you're currently in sixth place on 190 points. Is that right? Uh, no, that's incorrect, Sean. Thank you. What a great start. <laughs> no, that, that's all good. Um, at the last meeting, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get the round win, and um, some other results went my way, and um, I'm currently sitting in second place. Yes, indeed. Um, so I'm just... Uh, 20 points off the leader, which is uh, Simon Garbutt, who's uh, also on board a, a higher busser. So um, we've actually got uh, three of the top four races uh, in Modified Biker on high busses at the moment. Yes, I realise. I actually read the wrong uh, the wrong list. I've uh, uh, got the wrong list. But what I do have, I do have indeed um, Revit Racing. Yes, you're second on 295 points after round four. And uh, you, as you said, you're 20 points behind Simon Garbutton, just 10 in front of Jeff Smith. And it was interesting uh, looking in the first round, uh, the Nitro Max, uh, you got 50 points. And um, the 48th Golden States, you got 60 points. And slowly increasing the blown alcohol all Stars, which is the mistake I made just a minute ago reading the wrong script. Uh, that was 80 points. But yes, the SummerSlam showdown, top points, 105. Well done. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, the season's been uh, progressing, um, obviously, uh, in the right direction. Um, so yeah, we've been a little bit unlucky on a couple of those results, but um, there's been some cracking races uh, in particular with one racer who, um, his name's uh, Owen Rose and he's on a little Triumph uh, street bike. Um, so it's not something that you'd normally expect to be racing against, but uh, he's been campaigning that a couple of seasons and uh, we've, we've met at least uh, twice in the first uh, three rounds and the winning margin was less than 13,000 for the second um, where we were one each. <laughs> and uh, in the last meeting, um, obviously, yes, I was fortunate enough to get a win by... Um, Five hundredths of a second. So uh, he's a very tough racer when you do come up against him. Yes, indeed. Yes, and uh, Graham Jennings. That was your uh, your last victor. Am I am I right? Uh, yes, Graham's a, a rookie racer in his first season, and um, obviously uh, made the finals uh, in, in his first season. So we've only had four rounds, and I think he's competed three of those. So um, it's an amazing effort for him on a bike that. Um, was raced probably 30 years ago um, so uh, by his father. So, um, yeah, certainly um, he was a very happy young man and uh, 
that motorcycle um, yeah, sort of covers the quarter mile in about 10.7 seconds. So um, you do have a little bit of a weight when you're chasing him. So you think yeah, you're never going to catch him uh, when you're chasing him down the drag strip. I can understand that. And he was able to uh, beat Ray Eason. It's great to see Ray out there racing after uh, a little bit of a layoff. Uh, yes, it is good to see Ray back, a legend of the sport, and uh, and obviously uh, very good in his trade, uh, which obviously a lot of uh, motorcycle enthusiasts obviously have uh, come in contact with his business over the years. So um, it is great to have such a fast motorcycle on track. Um, any modified bike, uh, he holds the, uh, the track record to a modified bike, which is a naturally aspirated class. Um, and he's covering that distance at the moment in about 7.7 seconds. So uh, he's up around 270 kilometres an hour uh, going down the quarter mile. So uh, when he's coming at you, uh, he's not uh, not taking his time about it. <laughs> no, indeed not. No, indeed not. Now, Ian, also um, with the Nationals, the 2022-23 Summit Racing Equipment Sportsman Series, uh, you've been uh, travelling all around Australia. You've uh, been up in Darwin, competing up in Darwin, also Alice Springs, and, of course, then uh, the 48th Annual Golden States here. So uh, rounds one, two, and three, obviously round uh, three was cancelled there. I think that was for... um, Adelaide, I think it was. Um, but it was, was Mildura. Sorry, Mildura, thought, indeed. But, uh, yeah, Mildura. Uh, so, yeah, you were uh, 60 points there in, in Darwin and 40 in Alice. How did the Northern Territory go for you? How did you feel you performed up there, Ian? Uh, well, I'd have to thank Gordon Crawford for, uh, for taking the trek up north and convincing me to uh, to revisit uh, Darwin after um, not having been up there due to uh, COVID and obviously having a three-year sort of break from the the Darwin round, but um, I'm very happy that I went up there. There was a lot of uh, interstate races attending as well, uh, and there is a very tough uh, local uh, contingent of races there as well. And Suzuki High Bus is again a very prominent. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I really did enjoy Darwin. Um, I got to uh, take my partner Sheree up there this year, and um, that was her first visit. And as you know, uh, she enjoyed uh, Darwin and what it had to offer. Uh, we were keen to go back up. Um, and the results that I obviously obtained up there were probably a little bit better than expected. Um, having come off a, a, round, a season last year in Perth where I, I finished uh, sixth on the, the current motorcycle, and not sixth, finished third, sorry, and uh, the PB was like a 9.72, and um, to actually go up there and, and lose in the semi-final to the eventual winner of the event and do a PB was a little bit bittersweet, but um, certainly gave me a lot of confidence going down to Alice Springs. Yes, indeed, yes. So, uh, Brian Alvisio was on first place with 230 points. He's from Queensland, of course. Brian Hotka, great to see Brian in second place. Yourself, Ian, you're in third place on 150 points. Dean Gunson from Victoria is on fourth. And uh, Mark Taddingham, also a very hard task masker from Northern Territory. Of course, Mark races in modified bike and also uh, street bike as he campaigned. I think it was the Honda CBR up there in Darwin and uh, Alice Springs uh, this season but he finds himself in fifth place. Now, Ian, our next round's coming up. We've got uh, Portland in Victoria next weekend, effectively 
January 4th and 5th uh, for the Summit Racing Equipment Sportsman Series. Then we go to Calder Park in February, Mildura in uh, later in February. Then, of course, the Western Nationals, the 4th and 5th of March here in Perth, Western Australia. And finishing off at the Bend, hopefully the uh, Bend Motorsport Park uh, is finished on the March 11th and 12th. There is some doubt about that. I believe it won't be. Uh, so it looks like round 6, 7, 8 and 9 are all uh, organised. Do you think you'll be travelling to uh, one or two of those, do you think, Ian? Obviously the Western Nationals, but do you plan on uh, heading to, say, Calder Park in late February, mid-February or Mildura late February? It would have been really nice, Sean. I can shed some light on, uh, I suppose, what's happening with the National Summit round. Yes, and, please. Um, I, had, I had looked to uh, to get across to um, to Calder Park, and um, if we happened to have gone to Calder Park, I was probably going to do my first eight-mile track at Mildura, but um, recently it was announced that um, Tail and Bend would not be ready uh, for the grand final. Yes. Um, so so the grand final is going to be actually held in in Perth at the Western Nationals, which is going to make it a, a very big event. And um, sadly, Calder was not ready either. So um, with Mildura just being a long way away from Perth, it's just not economically viable for me to uh, to make the trip across. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, Portland clashes with the Perth round here next weekend. So, yes, indeed. Um, yes. Sadly, I've, I've got to wait until uh, the Western Nationals to see where I finish, but um, Brian Elvisio's uh, definitely got uh, more than one hand on the number one uh, of the season at this point. Yes. Um, I don't, don't see anyone catching him at this, at this stage. No. Do you, th- do you know, where uh, does Brian Elvisio have plans of uh, heading to Mildura at all and uh, eventually coming over for the Western um, Nationals? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Brian will, will do Mildura, and then obviously a week later, I think it works out that uh, the Western Nationals in in Perth. Yeah. Uh, he and a contingent of other bike racers are actually coming across. So That'll be great. Um, I do have some inside knowledge to a, a number of um, high-caliber racing uh, competitors coming across in the bike yeah. Geez, that'll be good to see, uh, especially obviously with the uh, Western Nationals and March 4 and 5, as many of our Eastern State competitors as possible. Yeah, Brian's got a nice uh, little lead there at the moment. Uh, what about uh, about 50 points over Brian Hotka? Brian Alvisio was talking about from Queensland, and yeah, you're, you're yeah. in third place. Well, I tell you what, yeah. So um, I guess, do you think, um, I guess, uh, do you know Brian Hotka? Is he looking at Mildura or is he? in the similar situation as to all the West Australian guys. It's just a little bit too far to travel for that round. I think it is just a little bit too far. I haven't spoken to Brian personally, but uh, I know that that Brian's obviously got other activities on outside of uh, the racetrack at the moment, so uh, he's missed a couple of meetings here in Perth, but um, he's always a tough competitor, and he and uh, Brian Elvisio raced each other in Alice Springs uh, in the final there, so... uh, I'm sure they'll be looking to uh, line up against one another when they, they come to Perth and, and see who, uh, who gets the, uh, the win in the next race. And, and likewise, if I happen to uh, come up against Brian, it will be, uh, be a nice uh, chance to have another go at one another. Yeah, can understand that. Absolutely. Ian, I just want to ask you, just go off the subject and ask you a little bit about yourself. What are some of your interests? I realise you're a bit of a muso at heart and uh, obviously motorsport's uh, a big passion of yours. But, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ian. Yeah, probably um, the music obviously has been around uh, for, 
a lot of my life and um, probably 20, 30 years I've been definitely enjoying live bands, um, whether they'd actually be the, uh, you know, the, the top level performers as well as your cover bands. Um, motorsports, as you mentioned, um, I've always had a passion for uh, motorsport, whether it be uh, you know, V8 supercars, whether it be motocross. Uh, we had to manage them up to 15,000 when I was a teenager. I used to go down and enjoy um, with the football team back in the day. Um, so I've always had a lot of sport in my life. Um, so I do, I do thrive on the team sports. Um, drag racing can be seen as a little bit of a, an individual sport, but it takes a team of people to, uh, to sort of make things all come together. And, yeah. um, and obviously, yeah, you can't sort of uh, just go, well, I'm on my own and I'll make it all happen um, because your teammates, which are your crew, they always find something that maybe you need to change yes. or, or you can improve on. Um, I'm obviously my hardest critic, critic but um, another sort of person to talk with and what uh, off is always very helpful in improving craft. Yeah, I understand that. Absolutely, yes. Yes, bit of a muser myself, so I can certainly relate to uh, to some of those opinions. And, of course, you went to the cricket last night, am I right? The big bash there at the Optus Stadium there in Perth. Yes, it's a great facility, and um, I was fortunate enough to go uh, uh, with my partner, Cherie. Um, her father's a 40-year member of the Wacker Club, so um, obviously uh, he, he hasn't been well at play, and uh, obviously we're fortunate enough to... Obviously, use uh, the ticket to go and um, and Perth Scorchers have a convincing win um, on a farm in Perth night. So um, it was a nice crowd, 27,000. And um, we've never been to uh, off the stadium. It's definitely uh, worth the entry to just check out how good the facilities are. Very much like the Perth Motorcraft. It's a very well-run uh, facility. Yes, yeah, certainly is first class, and uh, much like yourself, Ian, uh, my brother and I, we grew up um, uh, yeah, playing a lot of sport, cricket, football, water polo was probably my sport, but yeah, we spent a lot of time at the Wacker, my brother and I, uh, you know, watching different cricket, and um, we, we were never members of the Wacker, but um, spent so much time growing up there. We've been to a few games of football at, uh, at Optus, or Perth Stadium, whatever you want to call it, it's a lovely venue. Uh, haven't seen a big bash game there uh, so far, uh, went to a day of the test match against the West Indies earlier this year, which was, or should I say, late last year, which was sensational. Or should I say, earlier, late this year, we're still in this year, still in 2022. <laughs> I need to remind myself another two days to go and it'll be a new year. But uh, yeah, great stadium. But uh, also, um, I wanted to ask you, Ian, what are your first memories of motorsport? No, no, it's a tough oh, question. Yeah. Your first memories of motorsport. Yeah, we've probably talked about it once before, but Peter Brock was obviously uh, and Bathurst. That was probably my first memories of, of motorsport. Yes. Um, and then obviously as a teenager, um, when I started going down to Ravenswood, uh, John Zapier, who's uh, still racing today, still an icon of the sport. Yes. Uh, obviously, that was probably my, my first introduction to, to drag racing in those days, uh, uh, Victor Bray would come over in his 57 shows and uh, that's when uh, I suppose the bugs go to bite but um, you know one day I'd like to obviously get out on track and admittedly I have on two wheels but um, I've been able to actually enjoy some of that rush that uh, 
know, obviously watching those competitors many, many years ago sort of, uh, sort of took, took the reality um, into perspective. Yeah, certainly agree. Um, you know, Ian, one thing that um, often uh, someone I speak about is one of the things that really got me into motorsport, although I was always, you know, playing with me Tonka cars in the backyard or on me sandpit and so on. You know, I grew up doing that. And, of course, uh, mum and dad used to take us to Speedway on Friday night and uh, drag racing Saturday. And, of course, then we'd be at Wanneroo on Sunday. So we were always doing that. And that's if we weren't playing football or cricket or water polo or something. Like that. So always very active kids. Um, but, um, yeah, that was my one of my first memories was um, doing all that sort of uh, stuff and also um, being taken to Speedway when we were kids. Uh, you know, I guess it was just the the noise and the dust and the fanfare and the uh, uh, motorsport under lights was just really, really good, um, you know, when you were a kid at uh, Claremont and you name it. It was just, so that's why I guess where my first memories came from. It still is at night time, Sean. Uh, it's certainly a lot cooler at night time. Yeah, absolutely. Under lights, but it's, you see the flames and, you know, that type of thing, which obviously the Jet Car event is going to gonna bring uh, next week. And um, I think that's the event that the kids uh, really enjoy the most. It's obviously the Jet Cars really do put on a good show for them. Absolutely. Um, so certainly, yeah. That'd be the one that uh, when I've taken my children, because obviously I've got uh, three kids, but two of them are adults now, and one's almost, uh, you know, getting to that stage where she gets her license in January. So um, they've uh, they've experienced uh, many visits to the drag strip over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly understand that. And uh, as you say, you know, going to uh, motorsport, it's all about the family. And, you know, I think, you know, you said it was some feel that it's a bit of a solo sport. Not at all. It's about team and family. And um, just speaking to a young gentleman across the the road here, actually, um, he actually bought himself Brian Breed's drag racing car. And he just, yeah, he actually just, from the Northern Territory, and he just sold it because um, one of his sons, um, has a an injury and has a mobility issue and um, his son couldn't really enjoy the drag racing as such so they've just sold up and going into a different form of motorsport where his son will actually be able to get into the car and I think you're talk, talking okay. about uh, drifting like um, for I think call it driftability for people that have got uh, you know, disabilities they can actually get in, the, uh, in a drift racing car and uh, go out and have some fun on a drift racing circuit so, yeah, just speaking to him, that was a little bit off the point. Sorry about that. Um, but also, Ian... No, that's OK. I mean, we all enjoy going fast and having fun in a controlled environment. So um, certainly, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're doing 30 k's an hour a couple of inches off the ground or you're doing 200 k's an hour and you're, you know, you're half a metre off the ground in a car. <laughs> it certainly does not. Ian, a little bit about your uh, your history of um, uh, your career so far, effectively, of your uh, your racing career. Now, I look, I noticed in 2021-22, uh, you came 30 modified bike. And, of course, that backed it up after uh, season 2020, uh, 2021, where you uh, took out victory in the AA Drag Racing uh, State Championship. Um, so you've had a little bit of success. And also going back to 16 and 17, where you had another third place. You've certainly been uh, there and abouts, haven't you, Ian? Uh, yes, the modified bike class, which is a style your own handicap, uh, which makes it fair for everybody. It doesn't matter really what you, you bring to the track, whether it's a street bike, whether it's a stretched motorcycle, or whether it's got wheelie bars on it. Um, it, it 
it's a very tough class because you nominate your handicap. Um, so, yes, I have had uh, the luck over the years, um, but obviously uh, yeah, the bike that I'm currently running is different to the uh, the one that I raced in 2021, which was a, a street wheel-based bike. Um, this one that I'm currently running is an 08 uh, Hayabusa, um, and that one's got a track with a bit of swing arm on it. Yes. Um, so... I did run that last season and uh, a few, uh, I suppose, events that uh, unfortunately were, were cancelled, but we only ran six rounds, so um, it sometimes takes up to two years to sort of get very familiar with the setup, and um, that's what I'm currently enjoying at the moment is obviously the bikes are uh, walking, um, and I've found about a quarter of a second uh, faster this season than I was previously. Yes. Uh, this, this motorcycle is one that's been with me since um, about 2010. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yep. So, so this motorcycle uh, actually won the Australian Championship back in 2015. Gotcha. Um, where yep. I had to travel across to Queensland and South Australia. So I um, know this bike very well. Can I say it's a well-travelled bike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well-travelled bike. Yeah. Done Darwin, done Alice Springs, uh, both of those tracks twice. It's done Adelaide a couple of times. Um, so yeah, certainly it's probably my favourite. But uh, but yeah, I've definitely had some some success. But uh, really, it is not measured on I suppose what the, what name gets put in the book. Sometimes it's, it's based on what sort of goals you set yourself. Yes. Yep. Yes. And Ian, um, brand preference, uh, Suzuki, is that, um, I know you wear the Suzuki um, uh, paraphernalia, but uh, is that um, is, is that your favourite brand? Why did you go for the Suzuki Hayabusa? Oh, it, it, it's a proven motorcycle. Um, there's plenty of aftermarket parts readily available. Um, usually if you need a spare, if you happen to push enough at the track, then sometimes... Uh, Co-race can can help you out, um, but I've always been a Suzuki person. Oh, you have. Through and through. Gotcha. Yep. yep. So um, I think yeah. Other than probably dirt bikes, I've definitely been always a Suzuki when it's come to road bikes. Okay. Um, so yep. Back to uh, MotoGP days when lots uh, of fonts um, the text um, back on the Lucky Strike colours used to race. Um, so from there. Um, it certainly sort of stuck with me, the 89 sort of GSXR 750. I had one of those, and um, I just like the colour scheme as well. But um, they're a proven, proven motorcycle all around, the Suzuki brand. Yes, it's absolutely. It's a shame that they pulled out a MotoGP uh, moving forward. Well, I, was, I wanted to ask you about that, Ian. Why, you know, why have Suzuki to part of a MotoGP? I, um, I can't personally see an advantage with it. Can you help me out there, please? Uh, I think it's more dollars and cents. It's, uh, it's obviously a corporate decision based on the, uh, the investment uh, for the return. And um, the bikes is probably where they're going to uh, be looking to probably go if they're going that direction where, um, you know, your 1,000cc motorcycles and your 600cc motorcycles are, are prominent. And that's, I suppose, the mindset would be uh, you win on race day, sell your bikes on Monday. Yes, I see. Yeah, um, it's kind of. Uh, do, do you think there's um, 
I just can't get my head around, uh, like, do you think it's they haven't had success? The brand hasn't had enough success in MotoGP? I realise they finished off well with uh, Alex Rins this year, um, but oh, yeah. going back over the last, say, decade, do you think that's the thing? They haven't had enough results. And the reason I say this is because when you look at Mercedes, when they stepped into V8 supercars, um, you know, obviously they, with, with Erebus, are very a powerful team, but they didn't get the results. And a lot of people believe that that's one of the reasons Mitsubishi, uh, sorry, Mercedes pulled out of the supercars is because Mercedes should not be running at the back of the pack. No matter what uh, sort of uh, race they're entering in, Mercedes should always be at the pointy end, as with Formula One. Do you feel that might be similar to Suzuki? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think... Um I think Suzuki's definitely um, proven that they've uh, they built a good bike. Um, they've been very competitive. Um, but if you probably talk to a lot of people, the, uh, the Ducati's definitely got an advantage over every other uh, motorcycle in the field. And uh, it's, it's almost starting to look like it's an old Ducati um, MotoGP race uh, when you look at the performance levels of those bikes. Yeah, I must admit, I, I got to agree with that when you look at, say, Jorge Martin and some of the others, uh, uh, Bezecchi and so on. Yeah, they're uh, those um, doing extremely well, the Ducatis. Um, with the Ducati, um, do you, how do you think Jack Miller will go next year moving to KTM from Ducati? I mean, KTM have been very successful with uh, Miguel Oliveira. He's been you know, doing very well with the KTMs. How do you think Jack will go next year? I think he'll go well because he's learnt a lot at Ducati. He's learnt to manage his tyres. Um, I think he might be actually able to uh, probably go a bit harder earlier in the race. Ah, that's uh, a good he, point. He's definitely a lot mature rider, more mature rider than what he was when he first uh, came onto the scene. And um, I think he'll uh, he'll feature well if the bike uh, has got the speed to keep up with the other bikes in the field um, because it's quite evident that Ducati's definitely got a good 10 or more kilometres an hour um, as seen at Phillip Island when it sort of comes out of the corner third and it's got bike lengths on the on the leader by the end of the straight. <laughs> yeah, it is quite amazing. It really is. Yeah, the straight line speed. Um, but obviously, as you say, it's sort of the issue of looking after the tyres, which is what Jack has felt, um, or Jack Miller felt, uh, he wasn't uh, quite successful enough at this year. But yeah, I just think uh, him moving to KTM will be. Uh, look, I, I think he'll still do really, really well, uh, just given that uh, Oliveira's had uh, huge success uh, with KTM. Uh, yeah, I think it's a win-win situation. Well, Hopefully, it can only be good for the sport having you know the good riders, and, and that's what they do. They do move from team to team, and um, you know some of them it works and some of them it doesn't. But um, I think that uh, yeah, he's obviously uh, made a decision to go that way, and. Um, and hopefully it works well for him. Yes, absolutely, yes. Ian, I wanted to ask you about, and you very kindly showed me uh, when you are up in the Northern Territory, your helmet design. You have a Casey Stone, a number 27 helmet design from the MotoGP days. <laughs> Tell us about that, please. Yeah, it's a limited edition. Um, Is it? Yeah. It's the 15th anniversary of when he won the world title. So um, I did have to order that from... Uh, from a bike shop that, that got it in uh, from overseas and uh, it's, it's a Nolan um, X-Lite and uh, it definitely made a difference um, to me with regard to the weight on top of my, uh, my shoulders. Yes. Even though there's a big noggin up the top there. Um, 
Okay, yes, exactly. Uh, is it um, like a little bit more aerodynamic design? Not at all. You just sort of lean forward and uh, point your forehead oh, towards the uh, the finish line, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, like any any bike racer, you definitely want to get tucked down as much as you can. So um, I'm probably a little bit disadvantaged. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's, it's certainly the carbon fibre definitely uh, makes it lightweight, which, uh, which obviously helps, as I said. So, like, um, I don't feel as... Uh, I saw the next day after after racing. Gee, that's interesting. Oh, that's really good. Yes, and uh, I mean the the livery is absolutely amazing, and I I recommend to everyone, uh, you know, when Ian's and the pets uh, go and see him, don't hassle him, just go and see him and uh, check out the design of the uh, the helmet, the Casey Stoner number twenty seven. It's absolutely gorgeous. I've got and the Aussie flag. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the <laughs> Aussie flag. And it's funny. I was uh, thinking about uh, our interview and how we'd go, and I was sort of uh, putting myself in a situation, thinking, gee, if I was ever a race. So what helmet design would I uh, like? And I was thinking about maybe the honey badger of uh, Daniel Ricciardo would be quite nice. <laughs> I mean, obviously the Valentino, yeah, no. the Valentino Rossi designs are pretty darn good too, but uh, maybe the honey badger for me. Yeah, I just, I just like the Aussie flag. I like, you know, it, it, it's got um, some indigenous artwork as well. Lovely. Uh, so it's got kangaroos and, Beautiful. and emus. So. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very well uh, thought out design, um, as well as it works very well. And, um, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, it, it's got to work well and uh, it's very functional. Yeah, absolutely. Terrific. All right, and what I want to ask you is, can you describe the feeling you get on a race day? Sorry, on a... Yeah, the race day, the feelings you get on a race day. You know, when you roll out of bed, is it, uh, is it you know, your nerves? Are you just excited? Um, how do you feel on race day? Can you describe that for us? Now, on race day, sometimes it's not a good night's sleep, that's for sure. You're sort of anxious to, to get to the track and, and get set up and, and get signed in and, and then obviously... Uh, you know, make sure that you know the bike's ready to go, um, and, and then you obviously go round and you line up, and it's a matter of all right, we're going through the tunnel now because in Perth we have a tunnel that you sort of come out the other side and get the burnout done, and, and then obviously get up to the start line and go okay, right? Have I, have I got you know the right tire pressure in the back tire? It's sometimes what I think about, um, you know, how good's the track first pass. Because generally we, we do run early in the morning and uh, our first pass and uh, not much traffic sort of been down the track. So um, I experienced uh, the start of the season, the track was a little bit cooler weather and um, probably the traction probably wasn't quite there on that first pass. So you play with your tyre pressures to uh, to get it right, to get down the track moving forward from there. But, um, yeah, race day for me... Um, yeah, it generally depends on a number of factors, but I definitely like to, to get out there and, and forget about everything else out in the world and get down that track. Yeah, I completely understand. And um, Ian, when you're, um, you know, your launch procedure, do you, um, uh, can you take us through your launch procedure from going through uh, the burnout? Well, yep. Yeah, going through the burnout, usually I'm only in first gear. Um, so a lot of people nowadays probably would look at my burnouts and go, well, 
they're not very smoky. They're not not real pretty for the cameras. But um, well, I, I used to do them in fourth gear. Yes, and, and obviously uh, you go through tyres very quickly. Um, so uh, tyres for bikes who are my sponsor, they definitely um, leave me in there a lot more often <laughs> to get tyres. Well, but, um, but yeah, so certainly yeah, probably. It's a matter of just cleaning the tyre and making sure that, um, you know, you've got it reasonably warm but um, and not overheating the clutch. So, yeah, it'd be probably a, a reasonably small burnout and um, then obviously approach the uh, first staging beam, which is your top light, and uh, and obviously get the revs up to uh, what, I, what I would normally launch at, bring on the second beam and um, try and leave on, on the last amber. And, and be uh, be smooth on the clutch and throttle at the same time. Uh, yep. So that's that's pretty much your, your launch area, and uh, get the right leg up as quickly as possible, and uh, tuck in as, as much as I can, and uh, get that one-two shift. And uh, hopefully, uh, all the other shifts go well as I go down the track. And on this bike, I'm I'm going through in, in fifth gear at about. 240 kilometres an hour at the end of the uh, quarter mile. Wow, that's impressive. And what's your favourite time of the day to race? Now, I I suppose you're going to say after 10pm in the final. But apart from that, when do you you like to race the most during the day? What time of the day, what part of the day, and sort of what uh, atmosphere uh, suits you best for riding at your best? Um, well, I like it when the crowds are big. Yes, so of course. The bigger the crowd, um, the happier I am, but, but also when there's more kids there as well. Oh, lovely. So, Great. I definitely take the time on the return road to, uh, to give them a rev or, or give them a wave. That's um, nice. That's really the good. appreciate it. But best time of the day, atmosphere-wise, as far as crowds concerned, uh, would be sort of around about that 6.30 time slot. Yes. And um, but it is a little bit tricky. Um, weather-wise, probably sort of between 7.30 and 8. You've still got a good crowd, but certainly you'll find that um, the wind's probably settled down a little bit by then. Yeah, interesting. Actually, Ian, you mentioned uh, sometimes your burnouts aren't too good. I remember at uh, the Alice Springs Inland Dragway, you won the best the best burnout award there up in uh, Alice Springs. Uh, so your burnouts aren't too bad. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes you've got to put on a show. And, um, <laughs> I, think, I think we had um, a few people there that uh, – well, we had more than sort of three qualifiers, so you can afford to probably um, – be a little bit mischievous on one or two. <laughs> no, thumping big burnout. And yes, you did win an award and uh, congratulations. And of course, uh, tyres for bikes, I'm sure they uh, would have been pretty happy with it and supplied you with a new rear for that after that, I would have thought. Well, I recently got a new one from them and um, that was after uh, not the, the last meeting, but the meeting before. I'm just trying to remember the name of that one. but um, With the blown alcohol all-stars. Yep. Yeah, we I won one with a brand new tyre last mate, so that was that was really, really good. So it did make a difference. Um, but I have been getting good life out of my tyres, which uh, I've been pretty happy about that. <laughs> All right. Okay, Ian, tell us a little bit about your goals and ambitions and uh, also your ambitions away from the track. 
Uh, well, this this year I'm I'm sort of uh, sitting second earlier in the in the chat that we've had, and uh, we're basically at the halfway point for the season. So um, we'd be looking to, uh, to probably get to number one this season. Um, obviously, a couple of things will have to go my way, but typical of modified bikes, um, there could be anywhere up to ten races at the, the grand final that could all potentially finish in the top three. And um, that's due to, uh, you know, 50% bonus points being available for that round. Yes. So um, I definitely need a, a strong final round. Um, but obviously there's a few rounds before then to uh, hopefully maybe put some distance on uh, some of the other races. Um, so I'd be looking for a strong finish um, this season, but I'd like to also go a little bit faster um, before the season's done on this particular setup. Um, outside of racing, um, just basically being happy and and comfortable in uh, what I'm doing and enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, Set a good example for the kids. Well, that's right. And, um, you know, if you're sort of showing them that you don't have to have all the toys in the shed to be happy, but just be happy with what you got, then... Um, it sort of uh, makes them sort of understand and appreciate that uh, you know, friendships and family uh, mean a lot to everyone. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, Ian, of course, uh, Revit Racing couldn't be the uh, team it is without the support you get. And uh, of course, we know, uh, well, we want to hear a little bit more about Cherie. But uh, tell us about uh, Cherie and also the other support you get and your sponsors. Uh, well, Cherie's been on the team for many, many years and um, she knows more about racing than, than obviously uh, a lot of people would realise but um, we also do have a, a number of female racers down there these days and um, but that's a good thing but uh, other people that do help me out, my mechanic, um, his nickname is Camel and he's definitely helped me on, on all my bikes over the years and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and uh, another good friend of mine, James, has always uh, helped me in the shed uh, with my bike over the uh, the off season. But when he's here in Perth as well, um, he'll obviously always make the effort to uh, to give me a hand in the shed. Um, so certainly, um, personnel-wise, those are the the main people that do help me out a lot with the bikes. Um, as far as sponsors, APE, which is uh, American Performance Engines in in America, for all their parts. Um, tires for bikes in Vic Park, uh, Quick Lap Performance, and Bunbury Dino. Yes, Bunbury Dino, yep. Magnificent. Oh, well, Ian, I tell you what, just have one last question for you before we, before we let you go. And thank you so much for your time. It's very much appreciated. And that is the question is uh, a bit of a general one. Do you have some words of wisdom or advice for us all as we travel through this maze we call life? Just a little bit of a general, yeah, life advice. I love that giggle. That's good. You know exactly what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh, I just think we've all got to be kind to one another. And, um, and obviously, uh, if, if, if you're there at the racetrack, then enjoy each other's company. And, um, you know, if you're a spectator, then um, certainly uh, you don't always have to be a spectator. You can actually be on the track as well. So, um, yeah, obviously... Uh, have a go on a Wednesday night, get the bug, and then once the bikes, um, 
we'll see you on a Saturday race, mate. <laughs> well done, and I agree completely. There's uh, nothing quite like actually getting down the track and uh, getting that bug, as you say, whether it be the sights and the sounds, the smells, the vibrations, whatever it is, it's just the place to be. And, uh, yeah, just right. love it to bits. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Ian, I can't thank you enough. Um, Revit Racing's Ian Reid, folks, um, modified uh, bike racer down there, absolute gentleman through and through, uh, lucky enough to uh, call him a good friend. And uh, thank you so much for your time today, Ian. Very much appreciated. Good luck with the rest of the season and uh, everything you do in life. And I look forward to seeing you down the track uh, very, very soon. Not a problem, Sean. And just one last thing. Yes. Um, any of the parents out there, if they want to bring their kids down to the staging or to the, uh, the pit area, um, look for the two yellow Suzuki tents. And um, they're more than welcome to bring the kids down and have a photo with the bike anytime. Oh, that's magnificent, Ian. Thanks very much. Yes, folks, make sure you go and check out uh, Ian Reid's uh, setup down the pits there. And also, as we mentioned, check out that helmet of his, the new lid he's got, the uh, Casey Stoner design. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ian. I appreciate it very much. Folks, this has been... Thanks much, Sean. Thanks very much, Ian. Folks, this has been uh, Drag Racing Talk, and uh, I'm Sean McCabe speaking with Ian Reid. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>